Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is your pseudo-co-host this week, Adam and Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Adam? I am doing fantastic. A little cold here. I think, it is a little cold. I think winter finally arrived in here. Cleveland. It in did. Cleveland. It did indeed. But that's perfect time for reading. It's always that's a, very true. Always a good excuse to stay in bed. And, you know, if you have snow days and can't get to the library or the clothes, you can get ebooks through Overdrive. It's I, every magical. time, every time I see people tweeting and posting about snow days, I get just a little bit sad. I love working here, but some I days know. I wish I was able to wake up in the morning and just start reading and not yeah. have to get out of bed. But I know that's okay. That's okay. That's you know that's the world we live in. So uh, when you grow up, apparently you have to get a job. I know you have to be an adult. Whatever. Uh, so today you're going to hear both of our voices a lot. I joined Jill and Sheila for the actual podcast, so I hope you enjoy hearing our banter because you're going to get like 45 minutes of yeah. it. <laughs> it's not quite that long, but... It's, it's not that quite Okay. Um, <laughs> either way, you're going to hear a lot of both of us. Uh, we did a bunch of recommendations for we people did. from <laughs> Twitter. Uh, we also talked about, of course, the books we're excited about yep. that are coming out. And the books that we've been reading, which, as usual, there are a lot of them. There are a lot, yeah. Uh, if you're interested in letting us know what you're reading, you want some book recommendations, just give us a shout-out on Twitter or Facebook uh, at Overdrive Libs or Overdrive for Libraries on Facebook. In the near future, we're going to have an email address available for you that's mm-hmm. coming soon. So if you have any feedback or want to ask us questions, it'll be even easier to get in, in touch with us. Jill, anything you were thinking of? Well, yeah, two things. First, we have a new logo. Yes, we do. Which is very fun and fancy. So fancy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that is up. And then we recorded it in a different room. So hopefully the sound is a better quality this time around. Yeah. We know we, we've been working on that. Yeah, we appreciate the feedback for sure. <laughs> we do. So it's, we hear you and yeah, hopefully we're making... you hear us yes. a little bit better. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Well, unless there's anything else, like I said, you can always reach out to us on social media. We'll have an email for you soon. Uh, thank you for all your feedback on, on everything and hope you guys are enjoying this as much as we are enjoying recording them. So um, without further ado, here is episode five of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. to the fifth episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I'm your host, Jill. Today, I am joined by um, Sheila and Adam, who you just heard last week. Say hi, guys. Hello again. (laughs) How are you guys both doing today? Real well. Good. All excited about books. All excited. I know. Absolutely. I'm I'm excited to have... I feel like this is a lot, lot less pressure on me. I can just have a conversation with my coworkers, I know. as opposed to someone who I'm pretty sure is a literal genius. Well, just... see, and like you know, people are going to be familiar with your voice, but now you can actually talk about what you read instead of just yeah, as opposed to feeling like I was going to blow every question and have her just look at me judgmentally, which she didn't do. But yeah, I'm very excited to talk about 
books and what I've been reading and what we're all what we're all reading, about. right? Yeah. yeah. So Sheila, I know you know we ALA just finished, and there were some well, ALA midwinter, and there's some big awards. So why don't you talk about um, two of the big award winners that came out of the midwinter conference? Well, I'd like to congratulate all of the youth media award winners this year. So if anybody wants to drop by the Overdrive office, <laughs> I would be more than happy to sit down and chat with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure any of us would. Um, but it's the children's librarian in me. Um, the first book is The Last Stop on Market Street by Matt Della Pena and illustrated by Christian Robinson. Um, they won what I call the trifecta. Um, it won the John Newberry Medal the Randolph Caldecott Honor Medal, and the Coretta Scott King Illustrator Honor Award. They got the Caldecott and the Newberry? Caldecott. Well, yeah. An honor. The ones right, honor. honor. The ones but the I mean still, medal. yeah, yeah have one book. Trifecta, yeah. so. No. This one to make sure you read, and, and I have, and we have it on Overdrive, so it's a really lovely book, and I congratulate Matt and Christian, and yeah. they did a wonderful job, and it was a really lovely book, so just pick it up, read it, obviously, it's a good one. And um, the other one that is one of the ones also that I've read is The War That Saved My Life by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. Okay. And that's the one about the girl that has the club foot, and it's during the wartime, and they sent the kids away. This is in Great Britain. They send the kids away so they don't get bombed in the city. Got it. Okay. Yes. Um, and they won... Um, the Schneider Family Book Award for the Middle School Readers, which is one on disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, the Odyssey Award winner for audiobook, which is how I wow. read, read the book. Right. And uh, the John Newberry Honor Medal. Okay. So it's it's another one that was, yeah, I, just, I think I just discussed it on our last podcast as well. But um, it's a really really good one to pick but up. But see, you talked about it and now I won all these awards. I know. So. I think you can take credit for that. <laughs> I, I think I will. And, and it, it'll fit, the War to Save My Life will really fit in good with schools and into the curriculum as well. I've been giving it to all my social studies and language arts teachers so they can cross curriculum with that. So. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. So those are Two big winners. Two big winners. And I just want to put a shout out to Christopher Barzak. He's a fellow Ohioan. He uh, came and visited my school when I was doing a book club up there. And he won the ALA Stonewall Honor Award for his book, Wonders of the Invisible World. So congratulations, Christopher. That's awesome. Yay. Yay. Yay, winners. Yay, winners. All right, Adam, I'm going to turn to you since it's your first time here on the podcast. Absolutely. Okay, so first off, I think you just need to get this out so that everyone knows. Everyone else who's done book recommendations so far has been an actual librarian. <laughs> I am not a librarian. I work with librarians. I talk with you guys every day, so I'm kind of like librarian adjacent, but I just, I read a ton, mm -hmm. so these are still very good recommendations, but... Just wanted to, I had to get that off my chest. I wanted to make sure everyone That's knew. Okay. Not an actual librarian, but huge librarian lover. So, uh, some of the things that I just finished reading, uh, Zeros by Scott Westerfeld, which oh. Sheila, I know you read as well. We talked about it. Uh, it's a book about young kids with superpowers, but it's not what you would expect their superpowers to be. They can't fly and they're not incredibly strong. It's more like some of them have the ability to affect the way that a crowd thinks, or one of them oh. has the ability to kind of affect how um, mechanical things work and how technology kind works around them. Sort of like an X-Men Yeah, it's, I, it's really... Benign. Yeah, it would be really great for, I was thinking, kind of reluctant young male readers. I think it would be a it's really a good way to get them It's a very hard demographic, excited. too. Yeah. 
Uh, something else that I read was uh, Michael Cunningham's A Swan and Other Tales. Oh, I love his book. Yeah, so it's reimagined fairy tales, but kind of without the happily ever after, or what would happen after the happily ever after. Right. Um, a nice example from it was uh, The Witch from Hansel and Gretel is kind of an aging barfly, and nice. she's at bars looking for love, and kind of realizes that less and less guys are interested in her, so she goes and builds her uh... house made out of candy, and... I, I want to preface this with it's fairy tales in the way that people who are very familiar with fairy tales might understand them. They're dark. They're yes. very, very dark. Got um, it. So maybe not for young readers. I know people might see the word fairy tale and think, oh, give this to my 10-year-old kid. Don't do that. No, no. Yeah, the original fairy tales as written were very, very dark. Yeah. So, <laughs> so so that, it was, like I said, it was really interesting. I was a little surprised by how dark it was, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. And then two that are kind of around Shakespeare. Uh, the one I'm reading right now is The Gap of Time by Jeanette Winterson. It's a reimagining of a winter's tale from mm-hmm. Shakespeare. It's one of the Hogarth Shakespeare series titles that are coming out this year. Um, they have some really big names. They have some authors. very, very big names. Uh, Margaret Atwood is doing Tempest. Jillian uh, Flynn is doing Hamlet. Joe Nesbo is doing Macbeth. I'm so, so excited for that one, too. Yeah, the so, Macbeth, yeah. yeah. So right now, like I said, I'm, I'm in Gap of Time. It's really, really interesting. And then, ironically... Also, William Shakespeare. I'm listening to William Shakespeare's Star Wars by Ian Dosher, I think his name is. Uh, it's per- it's literally the story of the first Star Wars trilogy titles, and it's read by Daniel and Jonathan Davis and January Lavoy and others, but it's told as like a Shakespeare play. So it's like, oh. enter R2-D2, stage left, <laughs> and beep boop. It's, it's very entertaining, and you can kind of listen to it in the background while you're at work. That's fun. Um, so yeah, and... Um, I did get a couple books from ALA. I was in Boston, and I got a few titles. The one I really want to mention, it was literally handed to me from our friends at Penguin Random House specifically to read, which was Evicted by Matthew Desmond, and it tells the stories of eight different families dealing with the housing situation in the poorest neighborhoods of Milwaukee. So it's nonfiction, uh, but it's something that they said is just, they absolutely loved it, so I'm excited to dive I think that's that. on the reading list of several of us. It, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, just really quickly, as another nonfiction, this is a few years older, but um, the Jim Henson biography by Brian J. Jones. Anyone around here who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with Muppets. It's I true. have a Muppet yes. at my desk. Uh, so if you're at all a fan of Sesame Street or Fraggle Rock or the Muppets or the Muppet movies, I can't speak highly of that. So it's really fantastic. Um yeah, I absolutely loved it. Awesome. Yeah. What have you been reading, Sheila? Well, I read A Step Towards Falling, and I thought it was one. All librarians discuss the awards that come out and say, well, why did this one make the list? And I'm like, why did this one make the yeah. list? Um, and it was it was a really good one, um, and it's told in... Um, one person is one chapter and another person is another chapter. Okay. And what it's about is um, about a girl who has Down syndrome and how she faces life and how a normal high schooler sure. would face life. And they see her being attacked and why did they do anything? And, and so the book evolves as they get to know the girl. And it's a really lovely story. Okay, I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's, it's a step. It's a step toward falling by Cami McGovern. Sounds good. So that one, that one was awesome. I've also read These Shallow Graves by Jennifer Donnelly. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't read a really, really good mystery 
for YA in a long time. Yeah. And this has got, this is in the age of Nellie Bly. So sort of think like Downton Abbey where girls of affluence were sent to finishing school and then all they had to do was marry. Right. And that was their job. That, right. that, that, that was it. And um, this is in that vein, but this girl who is wealthy, her father dies, comes home from finishing school, and now all these people around her father are dying, and she's trying to figure out why. Oh. And so she pretends to be uh, um, helping the reporter oh. investigating all these deaths. Awesome. And you can put it together with some of the Nellie Bly nonfiction yeah. that we have out there, and it would just be an awesome awesome way to go sounds good yeah. does sound good so, so how I, about you me, what, what have you been reading I recently um just finished I actually listened to the audiobook of Accidental Saints by, by Nadia Bolt Weber she is a Lutheran pastor in Denver but she is not your traditional Lutheran pastor she's like covered in tattoos and <laughs> I literally perked up. I was like, "What's that?" <laughs> so she like, and, and she's written a previous book called um, Pastrix, which kind of talks about how she came from a life of like substance abuse and and her transition into um, becoming a pastor. And, and she runs a a church in Denver um, called House for All Sinners and Saints that is very inclusive and. So, um, Accidental Saints, her one that just came out a couple months ago, um, is about like finding saints, like sort of an everyday people, and and how the everyday people that you just sort of meet can affect you in ways you maybe didn't anticipate. And she narrates it, which is nice. the fun part of the audiobook. Nice. Yes. So I just finished that. So I highly recommend that. And I say that as someone who like doesn't really come from a religious mm-hmm. belief system, but it, her books are very, very good and very accessible, and probably because of her own history um, are, are good for those of us who maybe don't subscribe sure. so to speak. And then I am currently listening to the audiobook for Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. Like her essays a lot. She's so fun. I mean, she's just, it's an incredible book. So that's what I'm, that's what I am reading these days. Listening, like I guess. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Lots of nonfiction. That's what I do. <laughs> I still have one more that, I, course, that I've been reading. Sorry, I have like so many that I... You're I, like, I've been storing all of I these know, up. I didn't realize. I'm normally one of those people who reads a book one at a time, finish it, and then go to the next one. And I realized that I was kind of prepping for this. I have so many books that I have opened. Um, so right. I, I don't know how familiar you, you guys... I'm a big sports nerd as well as a book nerd. And uh, Stuart Scott, who worked for ESPN, he passed away last year. Uh, he had cancer. He won mm-hmm. their Arthur Ashe Award. And he told us... Just unbelievable speech kind of that long before he passed away he has a memoir and it's called every day i fight and uh, it's kind of his story and it's like a love letter to life itself uh the anniversary of his passing was just this past week so it was getting a lot of attention on social media so i went back and and reread it um you know everyone kind of has someone in their life that has dealt with or is dealing with cancer so it's just really interesting to see his perspective he's one of those people who refused to let cancer define him he uh in his speech he kind of talked about how you know you don't lose to cancer when you die you know you you beat cancer by the way you live with it Mm -hmm. every day and having all these other people around you so it's just a really it's it's a little emotional obviously it's it's the memoir of someone who is you know dying of cancer but 
Uh, if you're a sports fan at all, if you're familiar with ESPN at all, if you have someone in your life who has cancer, uh, Every Day I Fight by Stuart Scott is just really powerful. And mm -hmm. even if you're feeling sorry about yourself and you're perfectly healthy and you want a reason to kind of get up and get motivated right. and get your life going, it's fantastic. So just wanted to throw that one out there as well. Excellent. That sounds good. Yeah. So um, we're doing our recommend recommendations now and they're a little different this time they are because we went to social media we did so i handle all of our social media stuff here at overdrive and this was the idea originally of the podcast it was, was yeah. start giving recommendations for people who are online and you know we have so much so many fans out there who actually interact with us on our social media pages and it's great so we took to twitter i asked a few days ago what everyone was reading and we got so many responses of people asking for recommendations, which is a good problem to have. So um, It is, but it means we can't, unfortunately. We're not going to be able to get to them all, yeah. but that's okay. We'll try to we'll try all the different yeah. podcasts. Um, Sheila, do you want to throw your recommendations out there first? Well, we got something from AF Hockey Chick 82 who has read Illuminae by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. And I was thinking, well, Illuminae, if you've read it, is a wild ride um and i'm sure this af hockey chicken too would agree um it's, it's it's zombies it's aliens it's artificial intelligence i mean a pretty wild, much everything right um so where do i go with recommendations um we do have the walking dead graphic novels they are awesome um uh, i i personally like the tv series i can't wait for it to come back um you can try the fifth wave by yancy um that movie's coming out i think that's Soon or will be Very or soon, have yeah. have will be. Mm -hmm. um, so that one's got the alien vibe in it. Um, other new dystopian kind of alien like books coming up are "We Are the Ants" by Sean David Hutchinson, "Blue Screen" by Dan Wells, and "Willful Machines" by Tim Foring. And um, you can always go for the the hot one, "Martian" by Andrew Wire. Right. And uh, oldies but goodies, "The Ender's Game" by Orson Scott Card, and 2001: A Space Odyssey by Arthur Clark. <laughs> so if you can't find a recommendation right. out of one of those, you're, then you're in trouble. <laughs> I try to encompass. No, them that's very awesome. important. That's very important. <laughs> I will have to second. Like Ender's Game is one of my absolute favorite books of all time ever. Like, I read it probably at least once a year. It's just so good. I know. It's one of those books for yeah. me. I love Ender's Game. I do. So, those are good recommendations. Those are my recommendations. Those are good. Well, try them out. <laughs> me? My turn? Okay. All right. So, on Twitter, uh, at Meryl underscore Rebecca said that she read Moby Dick. And first off, well done. Either you're, yeah, really. Either you're a senior in high school or you just really wanted to dive back into it, so I couldn't ignore that. So I have kind of one that I think you're going to roll your eyes at when you hear this. The first time is In the Heart of the Sea. Uh, no, which I is, Well, it's a recount of the true events behind Moby Dick. Uh, you know, it's it just came out as a movie, but I can imagine you might not want to oh, well. relive the whole story after reading how long is Moby Dick so many pages. True. Uh, true. So if you aren't interested in in the heart of the sea, which again is the retelling of the true events behind the story of Moby Dick, uh, you can check out The Revenant, which is also a movie that came out uh, or is coming out, I think, this week with Leonardo mm -hmm. DiCaprio, and I think he's finally going to win his Oscar for it. Um, it's a really good book if you're looking into the whole overcoming nature and traveling, you know, large distances and revenge. Even though Moby Dick, he doesn't technically get his revenge spoiler alert for anyone who's reading Moby Dick right now 
Um, I think you're so, probably okay on that yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. So The Revenant is, is one that is really interesting. And then I'm not sure why this stuck out in my mind, but when I was looking through and it just kind of popped, uh, The Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. Oh, okay, I can I it. have not read it in a while, but I absolutely loved it. It's a historical masterpiece. I'm throwing up air quotes because right. that's how it's described on its overdrive.com page. Um, the Pillars of the Earth is basically, it has a 12th century backdrop and it goes through the entire lifetime of a monk and a mason who were building what they call the greatest cathedral the world has ever seen. So it literally tells their entire life stories. Uh, and of course there's evil characters and heartbreak and death and tragedy. But this is one of those books that even though I read it probably when I was in college several years ago now, unfortunately, I still vividly remember staying up to like four in the morning and just kind of pouring through it and being completely sleep deprived for a week. Um, if there can be a quote unquote quick read, that's 800, <laughs> that's 800 yeah. pages, this would be it. So um, that's the one I would dive into. Like I said, it's not exactly in the same vein as Moby Dick, but Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett is one of my favorite books ever. And I felt like I could justify you know, I that. think so. My dad loves Ken Follett, by the way. Yeah, it's, he loves... He's wonderful. He loves all of his books. Yes. So, for me, um, Jenny Buchanan on Twitter wanted read-alikes for In the Garden of Beasts by Eric Larson, which is about um, the ambassador, ambassador to uh, Germany during Hitler's reign um, in the early 1930s. So, there are... I have a couple books. Sure. Obviously, um, anything by Eric Larson mm-hmm. would be good. His books are phenomenal. But in particular, I would say Dead Wake, which is about the Lusitania. So it's also sort of wartime, um, and Germany is involved in that. If what Jenny liked about it was the like Nazi Germany specifically, then Hitlerland by Andrew Nagorski is about American eyewitnesses to the Nazi rise in power, and Dodd is actually featured. So the, the the real character from real character, the real person <laughs> from In the Garden of Beasts <laughs> makes an appearance in Hitlerland by Andrew Nagorski. And he also has a book coming out in May called Nazi Hunters, which is um, about the people like after the Nuremberg trials, there were still war criminals at large, and these are about the people who refused to just like kind of let them go. So if you know, she liked that aspect of it and the, the Nazi Germany. But um, my final one is City of Fallen Angels by John Berndt. He's the author of um, In the Garden, In the Midnight Garden of Good and Evil. Oh go. my gosh. <laughs> I can see your <laughs> wheels <laughs> turning up. <laughs> I should have read it down. I've read the book. <laughs> but um, so this one is sort of like a bit of a stretch, maybe. It is. It takes place in Venice and after a fire in 1996 at the Venice Opera House. So it is more a little more contemporary but it kind of goes into the city and the history of of venice and has a very colorful cast of characters who were there um throughout the the city and the time um when this this fire had happened and kind of goes into the the mystery of just mystique of venice as a whole so nice so those would be my recommendations yeah those are good so hopefully we'll be able to get more i think it's fun doing it for yeah, something tells me that every time we ask, I'm not going to have uh, 
too few answers. I know. I think we're gonna have to. <laughs> we might have to do an episode where it's just taking everyone. Like just taking recommendations. What just recommendations. I think that, should, that, won't, that will probably fill forty-five minutes without an without, any without an issue. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, are there any books that you guys are, you know, that are you're looking forward to reading? Yes. Adam, you want to? You seem very. I want to like jump the gun. So. <laughs> I'm incredibly excited about two books coming out in the relatively near future. Uh, the first one is Morningstar by Pierce yes. Brown, which is the conclusion of the Red Rising trilogy. So, like Sheila was talking about, if you're a fan of sci-fi or if you love Ender's Game, uh, this is perfect. It is, I don't want to call it dystopian, but it's definitely science fiction, and all of the people who are in it were are broken up into sort of like factions where they're different colors based on what they do in society. So okay. if they're... Uh, someone who is like a worker and they're in charge of just basically mining and all sorts of like grunt work they're a rep and if you are at the top of the food chain and you are in charge of like running government stuff you're gold and there's all these things in between and basically the way that the trilogy starts is our main character finds out you know he's a rep and he's mining on mars like trying to in his mind and everyone around him they are um building a society for the future and then what he ends up discovering through a series of events is that the society that they think they're building is already created and they're basically these reds are slaves to these golds and these silvers and everything and it kind of blows his mind so there's it's an unbelievable trilogy it's uh one of these ones where we actually i will read the book via overdrive and then immediately go buy it because we want it for oh, sure. show. Um, so it's really fantastic the third one coming out is in February it's called Morningstar and then one that's coming out a little bit later I'm cheating because I don't know when I'm going to do a podcast that's with okay. you again <laughs> uh, one that comes out in May is View from the Cheap Seats for, by Neil Gaiman yes so yes. I am as many of us here are <laughs> obsessed with Neil Gaiman uh, and so View from the Cheap Seats View from the Cheap Seats is his nonfiction title. It's going to be basically all of his speeches and yes, introductions so and articles. <laughs> I think the way that I heard, I saw him describe it is a not so complete collection of all of his speeches and things. So anything I can get my hands on that that man has written, and thankfully he's incredibly prolific. So yes. it was a nice little surprise to see that he's going to do a nonfiction one because I would. I'm, I hope he does an audiobook of it because I would listen. Oh. I would listen to him read the phone book. So. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so those two okay. are the ones. Yeah, those are the ones that I'm anxiously awaiting. Oh, do we still have those? I think we do. I would. I would. If Neil, Gaiman, if Neil Gaiman wanted to read a phone book <laughs> to me, I would find him a phone book. We will find a phone book. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so those are the ones I cannot wait for. <laughs> Sheila, what about you? Well, there's quite a few coming. <laughs> yeah, I know that's sort of the problem. Is like, which ones so do I want to talk about? So little time. Um, I found one this week. It's Up from the Sea by Lisa Lowitz. It's a novel in verse about a teen boy who survives the March 2011 tsunami in Japan. Oh, okay. So that one has my interest peaked. Yeah, sure. I really want to. Of course. And I love novels in verse. Mm-hmm. I, I think that just, yeah. it's just a, 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 a unique talent to yes. be able to read that way. Um, I also want to read uh, Pax by Sarah Pennypacker. Everybody's talking about this. This is about a, a boy and his fox and war. And it doesn't specify which war. It's just a, a war. war. Huh, and okay. um, the fox is his pet. Okay. 
but he has to abandon his pet because oh, no. of the war. Oh, no. So, I mean, you know, Sarah Pennypacker, she's prolific as well. She wrote the Clementine series. And so, I mean, I think this is going to be a really unique story in her. Anything with an animal, I always get I know. Like, um The dog stars and the knife of never letting go. I, I don't want to get any like, spoilers wanna... both of them has an animal, and at the end of it, I'm in tears. So, I hear like... <laughs> Animal has to be abandoned. I'm like, oh god, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I don't. Mm, I got that feeling so about sure. that. <laughs> well, at least it's not the dog. You know? Yeah, it's the just dog in the yeah. cover. It's always that's true. That is a true. <laughs> so those are about it. There's um, a couple other ones. Unhooked by Lisa Maxwell's coming up, and it's a twist on. A twist on Peter Pan. Oh, okay. Um, so it's I don't know. They're, they're t- calling a spy chilly adventure. It's 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 probably darker. And oh, I yeah. You guys can't see like... you can't see this because we're on a podcast. But when she said unhooked, Joe and I both had light bulbs go off. We're like, oh, Captain, Captain uh, Peter Pan. So yeah. <laughs> let you guys behind the curtain a little bit there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good thing it's not a video camera. <laughs> so, oh, man. All right, so what did I have? Okay, so um, the first one I'm looking forward to coming out, it's coming out next month. It's called The Oxford Inheritance by Anne A. McDonald. From the description that I read on Overdrive, it sounds like one of my favorite genres, which is sort of not official, but um, murder on a college campus. <laughs> <laughs> Genre. <laughs> like, I love those kind of books. Like, Secret History is one of my favorites. Black Chalk that came out. Um, the Likeness by Tana French. Like, Murder on a College Campus. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, a, that, like, it's like, number one on Murder on a College Campus as you're, like, that's, that's their Amazon <laughs> sales listing. Oh, man. <laughs> so, this particular one takes place at Oxford, hence the title Oxford Inheritance. And it's about an American student who goes, is at Oxford, and she's there to search for the truth about her mother's death. I'm all in. Nice. <laughs> That's my kind. And then the other one is nonfiction. I read a lot of nonfiction, sort of like social science and humanities. And this one comes out in March. It's at the Existentialist Cafe by Sarah Bakewell. And it's all about the existentialist. 20th century philosophy movement and and I have a uh, I took a lot of existentialist classes in college um, as you know bonus ones or whatever and uh, I, I have a deep love for the existentialist so I'm, I'm excited to to read that so those are the ones that I'm coming out that I'm looking forward to very nice you guys have any any last parting books um, well I can definitely tell you because we're recording this on a Friday, at some point this weekend, I will dive back into Harry Potter. Oh, of course. Well, um, that's true. Yeah. You know what? Uh, 
want to say, you know. When you were talking about the Cancer book, I almost was going to say something, and then I was like, no. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, as we're recording this on a Friday, so yesterday, Alan Rickman passed away, and David Bowie earlier this week. Yeah, it's It's been been a rough week at the Overdrive offices. offices, So there will be a lot of Overdrive team members watching the Labyrinth, and then... I'm currently wearing a Slytherin sweatshirt and a Hogwarts t-shirt. So I wouldn't call it a new book, but I will at some point be reading one of the Harry Potter this weekend. But yeah. yeah. Not to end the podcast on a sad <laughs> note, but. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I totally blew that. We were literally no, two okay. minutes ago, we were all laughing so hard, we were crying, and now I just kind of want to cry. cry. <laughs> sorry, guys. The magic of podcast recording. Well, you know, we could always remember Alan as the enthusiastic um, actor that he was. That's true. And Absolutely. how he poured himself into it. And he, he made yeah. the best Snape. I mean, that was just the best casting ever. Perfect. Um, you know, I will always turn I know. to page 394. My, my sister said something about it. <laughs> my sister had something about how, like, J.K. created... Snape, obviously, but Alan mm-hmm. really brought him to yeah. life. And I well, thought. I think he had a conversation with her in the beginning. A little bit, yeah. So he knew he the knew direction of that stuff. character. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he, he really did play that one well, and I always remember I him as uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham. I know, Absolutely. that's the thing. He was like in so many Sense and Sensibility. He was the voice of God in Dogma. He was Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Don't get me started. Had this whole conversation yesterday, but so, yeah. the, uh, my, uh, he's yeah. well loved. He's well loved, especially he around these parts. Especially around these parts. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a rough week in the oh, overdrive offices. Yeah. I think like if you had like walked past, like everyone is either like listening to David Bowie on Spotify <laughs> or like re-listening to the Harry Potter books I, or like reading. I literally, I, I, Jill, I walked by your desk yesterday to talk about Alan Rickman. And you gave me this look like I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me an hour, and I. It's true. You did. <laughs> I just walked away. I totally. He didn't died. even have to say anything. Nope. Like he just I, stood at my desk. I knew exactly why he was yep. there. We've been spending a lot of time together, and so I was like <laughs> on the same page there. But yeah, no, it's uh. Sorry, I totally <laughs> derailed this. That's okay. I think that that's. I think considering his impact, it's yeah. it is allowed. Give a special shout out. So. Give a special shout out. Yeah. So. Well, thank you guys for being my guest. Absolutely. Hope you had fun, Adam. It was Always. First time. Yeah. I, yeah. You did good with the recommendation. Thank you. You were like a little worried. Said, I, the beginning, I, it sounded like. Well, I just didn't want anyone like what he's not a librarian. I just wanted to make sure we're no, all. No, I think you know. I think it's one of those things where if you read a lot, you're gonna know like good recommendations, Absolutely. and we're gonna have other Overdrive non-library staff members yeah. on the podcast. So. Yeah. Happy to be the first one. Yeah. There you go. Well, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, podcast. See you guys. Listen next time. Happy reading. Bye. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.